essential to have a word, an anchor for the year. Amen. For example, when I started the year last year, which was 2022, God gave me a word, Philippians 4, where it speaks about praying about all things. And that year, I was praying about all things. God is so wise. He is so knowing. And so when we lean into him pertaining a word for us for the year, we're leaning into something that's going to anchor us for the year. Amen. Anyone believe that in the house? Anyone believe that in the house? Anyone believe that in the house? Hello. Amen. And so we're leaning essentially into his wisdom when we do this. We're referring back like every time something contrary comes up in the year, we're able to go back to a word, his wisdom, his mind concerning us. Amen. And so as we were praying into this new year and what God was actually saying, he gave me a key word, but I want you to turn to your neighbor for a second and I want you to say it's my Jordan year. Turn to someone else and say, it's my Jordan year. I saw our brother Moffay come into the room with a Jordan top, 23, and I was like, my gosh, that is prophetic, man. It's our Jordan year, but let me twist it around a little bit. We're crossing over the Jordan. Hallelujah. Hey, come on. Did you catch? This side looks like they're ready. We're crossing over the Jordan. Amen. It's our Jordan year. It's our year of overcoming. It's our year of victory. It's our year of championships. Hello, somebody. I know my basketball, right? It's our year. It's our year. And it's such a privilege and an honor for us to be even able to cross over into the new year. But as we were preparing, God was speaking to me about wisdom. Wisdom being the principal thing. Wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. Wisdom. Turn to your neighbor and say wisdom. Turn to someone behind you and put wisdom. Say wisdom. Put, you know, put whip. My gosh. Amen. Thank you, Lola. Um, wisdom is the principal thing. I'm going to read a scripture. Second Chronicles chapter 1 from verses 5 to 7, and then I'm going to skip down to verses 10 to 12. I'll wait for that to come up on the screen as we are reading. Second Chronicles 1, from verses 5 to 7, and then verses 10 to 12. It says, Now the bronze altar that Beelzeal, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, had made, he put before the tabernacle of the Lord. Solomon and the assembly sought him there. And Solomon went up there to the bronze altar before the Lord, which was at the tabernacle of meeting, and offered a thousand burnt offerings on it. On that night, God appeared to Solomon and said to him, ask, what shall I give you? Now give me wisdom. Everyone say wisdom. And knowledge that I may go out and come in before this people for who can judge this great people of yours. Then God said to Solomon, because this is this was in your heart and you have not asked riches or wealth or honor of the life of your enemies, nor have you asked long life, but 
have asked wisdom and knowledge for yourself that you may judge my people over whom I have made you king. Wisdom, everyone say wisdom. And knowledge are granted to you and I will give you riches and wealth and honor such as none of the kings have had who were before you nor shall any after you have the like. Everyone say wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. Wisdom. Solomon has come in as king, a new king, has been given an instruction. He's actually taken over David, who was his father. David was a phenomenal man. Amen. Taken over his father and God asked him, after he's given over a burnt offering, and that's a whole nother sermon altogether, but after he's given a burnt offering, he asks him, God asks him, what do you want, basically? And Solomon's response is wisdom and understanding. Not riches, not gold, not silver. If God was going to ask me right now, let me keep it a buck, like, what do you want? I'm like Range Rover. Um, you know what I mean? Like, um, it's, it wasn't materialistic what he was leaning into or looking for. It was wisdom. It was something divine. Solomon understood that the position that he was in, he could not do it in the way that he was meant to do it without the wisdom of God. It wasn't able to be done with his own strength, in his own intellect, but through the intellect and the wisdom of God. Everyone say wisdom. He understood it. What is wisdom? In its plainest form, it's skill, expertise. It's almost a master at something, right? And so when we're looking at wisdom from God's perspective in terms of God's wisdom as well, we're looking at it in the sense of wisdom being the proper application of knowledge. Wisdom is the proper application of knowledge. What am I saying? Wisdom is you being able to take up all of the facts, all of the resources, have an understanding of each context and being able to apply it accordingly. Does that make sense in the room, right? So you, it's gone from knowing it, knowing all the facts, having all the resources and basically making a manifestation of something, of an idea. So wisdom is, doesn't just stop at the idea, it's the manifestation. Does that make sense, right? And it's being able to do that accurately and appropriately. And so like I said, it's the ability to consider all the facts, the resources, and accomplish or manifest the goal or the vision. For example, Exodus chapter 31 verses 2 to 6. It says, see I have called my name by name, Beelzeel, Beelzeel, the son of Uri, the son of her of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom, everyone say wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship. To design artistic works, to work in gold, in silver, in bronze, in cutting jewels for setting, in carve wood, carving wood, and to work in all manner of workmanship. And I, indeed, I have appointed him with Elalab, the son of Ashimak, of the tribe of Dan, and I have put wisdom, everyone say wisdom, wisdom. 
in the hearts of all the gifted artisans that they may make all that I have commanded you, wisdom. There was an idea, there was a goal, there was a plan, and that was to build the temple. But God put, imparted into them wisdom to be able to manifest that. Are you tracking? Right? God gave them an ability, a special ability. They probably did already have a natural ability to create. But in terms of the end goal and what God wanted to see manifested, there was an impartation that he gave to them that was supernatural in, all of, in order for them to manifest that thing. Wisdom is the principal thing. I've got a quote here. It says, wisdom is mental excellence in the greater sense. More comprehensive and far-reaching than mere knowledge. Knowledge is an awareness and understanding of the facts. Wisdom is the ability to adapt those facts into accomplishing a desired end. And God does this so well. God is able for each of our lives. You know, we say that scripture, all things are working together for our good. God is able to put together all the mess, all the imperfections, all the great, all the good, and work it all together for your good. He fills in all the gaps. That is an expression of his wisdom working through your life. But in, because he is all-knowing and all-wise, he can do that. So ultimate wisdom comes from God. So there's a man-made wisdom. People would say, you're wise. Of course, they're wise. But then there's an ultimate wisdom that comes from God. Because he is all-knowing. Everyone say all-knowing. He knows every intricate detail about your life. And so when we say in each season, God wastes nothing, what we're saying is that his wisdom is emotion. That how could he take my pain, my abuse, my brokenness, my rejection, my orphanship and turn it around and bring it into adoption, into testimony and into success. God's wisdom is emotion. We need his wisdom if we want to see the manifestation of the vision that he has placed in our heart. I was sharing on a prayer call on Friday that you know, when God made us, he breathed into where his living word, like he had a vision of you and I before we were even formed. He knew us. And so he has all of our days numbered, everything aligned. And so it's quite a good idea for us to lean into his wisdom. Wisdom. And I can confess right now that I've never been a good person at following his wisdom. Does anyone, can, am I the only person that is, yeah, yeah, thank you. I've got two or three people out here that are not as perfect, amen, glory. And so ultimately, I know that you have a dream, a vision, a desire for your life. But how much are you leaning into his wisdom? Because wisdom is the principal thing here. And when we're thinking and we're talking about um, God's wisdom, ultimately, we are asking for his mind on a matter to see results. Because he's all-knowing and all-wise. 
The Bible says in Proverbs 9 verses 10 that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of, everyone say, I love it. Let me do it again just for harmony's sake. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. And when I read the scripture, essentially what I get from it is that in order for me to even be able to obtain God's wisdom, there has to be a level of reverence and respect that I have for him in order for me to walk in his wisdom. Does that make sense? The fear of the Lord essentially is respect. It's a reverence. It's not fear as in be scared of God, be terrified of God. No, it's, it's a reverence. It's a respect, right? And so when we're talking about that, we're saying that, God, I revere and I respect you so much. I honor you so much that what you tell me to do, even if I do not understand it, I will do it. And that's why the scripture says, do not be hearers only, be doers. It says, do not be hearers, but be, do not be hearers only, but be of the word. If I hear there is no expression of his glory, no manifestation of his wisdom. But when I do, there is a direct channel for his wisdom, his glory, his power to be expressed through me. Through the things that I produce, wisdom. I'm repeating this because it's important. Because the fear of the Lord is the key component. It's not that we don't know what God is saying concerning a matter, concerning our lives, in the way that we should live. It's do we have the respect and reverence enough to actually apply the thing that we know? To lean into his wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. The Bible says wisdom builds a house. The infrastructure, the foundation, the, it comes from wisdom. It takes a whole lot of wisdom, understanding for me as a builder to take what the architect has told me and to put that out in manifestation. Wisdom. And so I want to lean into this scripture here. First Kings chapter three, verses 28. And it says, and all Israel heard of the judgment which the king had rendered. This is King Solomon. And they feared the king for they saw that the wisdom of God was in him to administer justice. So Solomon has asked for wisdom and the evidence of the wisdom of God working through him is the administration of justice. And so when God imparts wisdom, there is evidence of God's wisdom in your life. The example that God gave to me was you can always know the difference between man's wisdom and God's wisdom based on the fruit. In your mind, for example, you should work four jobs to get a new house. God says, skill, work very hard in the job that you are in now. In all his wisdom, he knows there's a promotion on the other side of it that is enough for you to get the house. But now you have gone and got the five jobs 
day and night, not sleeping, not eating, not breathing, amen. You've done that. You're burnt out, you're crying, nothing's working, none of the applications are going through. But is that what God said? Is that his wisdom emotion? Because we think we know best, right? But the evidence, the fruit of God's wisdom is peaceable. Let me actually go to that scripture now. So... Y'all know I'm not just here to, um, to mess with you. James chapter 3, I believe. It says, verses, from verses 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts... Do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Because if it was about the five jobs, you would have peace. You wouldn't be burnt out. But the whole ecosystem of God is rest. Wisdom is the principal thing. And so as we are going into the new year and I gave you the exercise, that is just a part of his wisdom. Because any time last year, I was like, okay, I'm going to try and figure it out in my own mind. The Holy Spirit would remind me, pray about everything. Refer me back to what his wisdom was saying. Let's review 2022 for a second personally. Was you following his wisdom? Because the fruit, the evidence of it, tired, burnt out, feeling disappointed. But is that what God said, Diani? And you know what it is? It goes back, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. If you really fear him, if you really reverence and respect him, if essentially you trust in his might, in his heart and his mind, his, his, his intellect, then you would apply the wisdom. It goes back. Let's, we've got to find the loophole. We've got to go to the root in order us, for us to redo the fruit. And it all comes back to him. Do you really reverence the Lord? Do you really respect his word? Do you really believe in his word? The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3, it says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not in your own understanding, but in all of your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. 
There's three stages. Trust, acknowledge, then God's direction. Romans 12, verses 1 to 2, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, to present yourself as a living sacrifice, being transformed, being renewed in your mind. Then you will know his good and perfect will. It starts with submission. It starts with surrender. Then it gets to transformation. Then from transformation, you gain clarity about who you are what he, his will and his plan is. Because the Bible says in Jeremiah 29, it says, I know the plans that I have for you. Plans for good and not for evil. To bring you to a hope and an expected end. So God knows the plan. But then everyone forgets the next verse. It says, seek me. Seek me. Because I hold the wisdom. You don't have to be confused, Nicholas. You understand? You don't have to be confused. You can actually have peace. But you have to lean into his wisdom. Because it is pure. It is peaceable. It is trustworthy. His wisdom does not bring confusion. It's The fruit of it is not envy and jealousy. You don't have to be intimidated by somebody else's gift. Because you have his wisdom. Because whenever there is an intimidation or a fear there, that means I've lost touch of his wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. Wisdom. So let's recap. Wisdom is the principal thing. Number one. Number two, wisdom is the proper application of knowledge it is our ability to consider all of the facts all the resources and be able for us to adapt it accordingly in order for us to manifest the goal or the vision wisdom essentially is mental excellence the beginning of wisdom is honor is respect and it is reverence unto the Lord. And lastly, the fruit of God's wisdom is peaceable, according to the scripture that I read in James chapter 3. And so if you want to uh, challenge whether it's your wisdom in motion or God's wisdom in motion, check the fruit. Check the fruit. And people of God, beloved, this is a good word. This is a good, I mean, not just because I'm preaching it. I know I'm good, you know. But what I'm saying is, is that this should not birth condemnation in you. It shouldn't. No, 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 no. This is a good word. If God doesn't chastise us or bring us into remembrance of his word, that does he really love us? If I don't tell Josiah to stop putting his finger in the plug, Right? That's a sign of my love. I care about him, right? It's the same way with God. When he corrects us, it's out of love. And so when we're hearing this word of wisdom, it's not that, yes, last year, maybe we didn't apply wisdom. But this year, God has given us the opportunity to apply his wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. Amen. 
And I want to really release this in the room because I shared this on Friday, but I felt, I felt led to share this here as well because I truly believe that this understanding, I'm going to read two scriptures, but I'm going to break it down. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 23. I'm going to leave from, read from New Living Translation. It says, throw off your sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Key verse, instead, let the spirit, everyone say spirit, renew your thoughts and attitudes. Let the spirit... When you look at that word renew, the root word of that is basically implicating renovation. Let the spirit renovate your mind. When we think about renovation in a house, right? Everyone's seen it, TikTok, Instagram. Someone renovates an old Victorian house. They have to gut the house. Sometimes they have to change some of the, the any architects here, but you know, the boards and whatever else, okay? Um, sometimes you have to repaint. Sometimes you've got to move the old furniture out and you have to bring in new furniture because that furniture, whatever's in that house, is no longer serving that house. It's no longer producing the true beauty of that house. And so essentially this scripture is saying, let the spirit renovate your mind. Why is this important when it comes to wisdom? I believe that in 2023, that in order for you to even truly walk in God's wisdom, we spoke about, you know, reverence and respect. There has to be a renovation in how you see God and in how you see God changing and transforming the way you see yourself and your life. And sometimes the issue is, it's not that God is not saying that about your life. It's about how you view yourself and God and how you're actually interpreting what he's saying. We can't just splash on our old house. We can't just splash paint and just hope for it to stand if the foundations are broken. It may look okay in summer, but when winter comes, we'll really know what's up. And some of us have been looking good in summer, but when the real storm comes, your foundations have been exposed. But it's not necessarily about the business plan. It's really about the renovation of the mind. It's not necessarily about whether you'll get the job or whether you'll get married again. It's about the renovation of the mind. If we renovate the mind, then we can have a greater outlook on how we produce and how we see our lives from his perspective. And so because I have his perspective, I honor him and revere him so much that I can apply what he's saying. Renovation of the mind. One last scripture, people of God. And then we're going to pray. Is everyone okay in the room? Like I'm just the messenger, people of God. Okay, just a humble servant of the Lord. Amen. I'm going to read the scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and please note these scriptures down. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says, But it was to us that God revealed these things by the Spirit. For his Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. 
No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given to us. When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it. Only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. Those who are spiritual can evaluate all things, but they themselves cannot be evaluated by others. For who knows the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. Everyone say, I have the mind of Christ. Verses 12, I'm going to read that again, then we're going to pray. It says, and amplified, it says, now we have not received the spirit that belongs to the world. But the Holy Spirit who is from God, given to us that we might realize and comprehend and appreciate the gifts of divine favor and blessings so freely and lavishly bestowed on us by God. The Spirit leads us into the things that God has freely given to us. And so ultimately, when we're talking about wisdom, we're talking about walking aligned with his Spirit. When we're talking about renovating the mind, we're talking about walking aligned with his spirit. The Bible says the spirit leads us into all truth. That scripture told us it makes us aware of the things that have been freely given to us by God. You have access to resource that will revolutionize your life. And ultimately, God's goal, because there's always a goal to wisdom is always back to himself, which is his glory. And so in order for the glory of God to be manifested in you, there has to be a divine alignment with his word. Wisdom. And so in this moment, I want us to just stand. Because this was the same wisdom that Daniel operated in when he was interpreted King Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Nobody could have ever interpreted that dream. But Daniel acknowledged that it's only the all-wise and all-knowing God that could have showed me what you dreamt. But connected to that wisdom was a promotion. Maybe the next move in your life Maybe the next point in your life is your, your alignment and your obedience to his wisdom. Maybe the peace and the rest you're looking for is connected to his wisdom. And so we are going to pray a simple prayer for the year of 2023. Lord, impart your wisdom. Make me sensitive to your wisdom. God, give me wisdom. Let's begin to pray. God, give me wisdom. May I increase in wisdom? May I increase in wisdom? May I increase in knowledge? May I increase in understanding? I want to see the fruit of your wisdom manifested in my life, Abba. 
I want to see the fruit of your wisdom in my life, oh God. Yes, God, I want to move in your wisdom. Impart your wisdom, the wisdom that is from above, the wisdom that is pure, the wisdom that is peaceable. Lord, impart your wisdom upon this church, oh God. Yeah, just begin to ask him, Lord, I need wisdom. What do you need wisdom for? I need wisdom at work. I need wisdom in how to steward my family. I need wisdom, oh God, in my finances. I need wisdom, oh God. I need wisdom. I have a goal. I have a vision. God, give me wisdom. I need your wisdom. Begin to speak out the areas that you need wisdom. Yes, God. Yeah, God, we need your wisdom. We need your wisdom in our families, God. We need your wisdom in multiplying our financial situation. We need your wisdom. We need your wisdom, God. We need your wisdom. We need your wisdom, Abba. We need your wisdom. Impart wisdom in the house, O God. May it, uh, yes, God, may we increase in wisdom. In wisdom in how to handle our relationships and how to handle our friendships, God. Give us wisdom, Lord God. Impart wisdom, O God. Yes, Jesus. Yeah, Lord. Ephesians 1, verses 17, it says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of glory, may he give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the, in the saints. Lord, we are asking, even right now, for a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Give me revelation of my significance. Give me revelation of who you are, God. Give me revelation. Give me understanding, God. Give me revelation of my purpose and my calling, my assignment. Give me revelation in this season. Let's just begin to pray. Call out the areas that you need revelation and wisdom in. Yeah, God, give us wisdom. I pray for the spirit of revelation in the house of A&T, oh God. We are praying for revelation of significance. We are praying for revelation of their purpose and their calling. We are praying for revelation of your father heart to be imparted into your children. May they gain a revelation that they are not orphans, but they are sons, they are daughters of you, oh God, that they are seated in heavenly places. Lord, give us revelation. Grant revelation. Lord, I even want to pronounce over the house of A&T right now, divine visitation in the name of Jesus. Divine encounter in the name of Jesus. Yes, God. Just begin to lift your hands over the building and begin to ask the Lord, impart revelation. Impart revelation, Daddy. I need revelation of who I am. I need revelation of where I'm going. Lord, give me revelation of your heart for me. Give me revelation, oh God. Give me revelation, God. Give me revelation. Yes, God. 
Come on, church, let's just begin to pray. Just begin to press in. Give me revelation, Abba. Give me revelation. Revelation, revelation, understanding, insight. Oh God, we need insight. We need your intel. We need your mind concerning our identities. We need your mind, oh God. We need your mind this year. Lord, we want to see the manifestation. We want to be set free. We want to see cycles broken. We want to see generational patterns broken. Lord, give us insight. Give us wisdom. Give us revelation. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yes, Jesus. Wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. Wisdom, wisdom. Wisdom, 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 revelation. Wisdom, revelation. Yes, God, impart it. Wisdom, revelation. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Our last prayer point that I want us to pray. Actually, our second to last prayer point. I want us to ask, Lord, may I increase in the fear of the Lord. Because it's the fear of the Lord that will keep us. It's the fear of the Lord that will allow us to live a pure life unto him. Not just in public, but in private. It's the fear of the Lord that will keep us in line with his will. Hallelujah. It's the fear of the Lord, people of God. And so right now, I want you to say, Lord, increase the fear of the Lord in my life. In my finances, maybe you haven't been that good to increase the fear of the Lord. Lord, in the way that I steward and I govern how I serve. Lord, let me increase in the fear of the Lord. How I handle my family, how I handle my personal affairs. May I increase in the fear of the Lord. I humble myself, Lord. Increase me in the fear of the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yeah, may we increase in the fear of the Lord. May we increase in the fear of the Lord. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Hallelujah. Our last prayer point is around community. Because I believe that we can gain great wisdom. God's wisdom can flow in community. Proverbs 11 verses 14, it says, Where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Proverbs 15 verses 20, it says, Without consultations, plans are frustrated. But with many counselors, they succeed. 
even when you look at that root word, counselors, it's, it speaks to people with godly wisdom in them. And so I want us to begin to pray. Uh, firstly, I want us to pray to, regarding our hearts, actually. Because some of us have been disappointed in community. Some of us has been hurt in community. Some of us don't know where our community is. But the vulnerability of us sharing our hearts, uh, our minds concerning something, those broken areas, it takes a lot of courage and a lot of vulnerability. And so I want us to pray. And for some of you, community even looks like the house of God. Community looks like expanding your community, leadership speaking into you. For some of us, community looks like making new friends. Does it mean cancel the old ones, new people in your network that are just as on fire for God as you are? Because we want to hear what God is saying. We want his wisdom. And so we're going to split this prayer point into two. Number one, God, heal my heart. Lord, give me the courage to be vulnerable in my community, to my pastors, to my leaders, the people that you have put into my life, Lord. Give me the courage to be vulnerable. Heal my heart in the process, God. Hallelujah. Let's just begin to pray into that. Some of us need to ask for a tender heart. God, give me a tender heart, a humble heart to receive input. Yes, God. Give us tender hearts to heed instruction, God, to heed, to heed the voice of those you have placed in our lives, Lord God. Yeah, Lord, make our hearts tender to you, Lord God, responsive to you. Heal our hearts, oh God. You are close to the brokenhearted, Lord. Deal with the disappointment connected to this area. Deal with the rejection connected to this area. Deal with the abandonment connected to this area. Heal it, God. You are close. You are close. You are close, God. You are close to us, Lord God, even in this brokenness, Lord God. You do not despise our brokenness, Lord God, but you are drawing us near to your love, near to where you are, oh God. Heal hearts in this room that have been wounded in community, that have been wounded in community, oh God. Heal our hearts, oh God. Heal our hearts, Lord God. Make our hearts whole, Lord God. Make our hearts tender, Lord God. Hallelujah, soften our hearts from a heart of stone, O oh God, so we can receive community, so we can receive friendship, Lord God, so that we can receive, we can receive for real, for real, your impartation, your expression that comes through community, relationship, friendship, O oh God. Yeah, God, heal our hearts, O oh God. Lord God, Yes, God, every vow that we have made that we will never love again, that we will never trust again, that we will never be vulnerable again. Lord, we offer up these vows to you right now. And we ask that through your Holy Spirit, you will pour out your love upon our hearts so that we are open to receive the love that you are expressing through the people you have sent in our lives. Yeah, God. Yeah, God, 
Yeah. Because some of the success that you want to see is in the multitude of counselors. Some of the burnout you want to avoid is from the multitude of counselors. Yeah, Holy Spirit. Yeah, Holy Spirit. We want to move away from frustration in 23 and we want to move into peace. So we welcome. Community is an expression of God's heart to us on the earth. He's an advocate of community. Last prayer point is God. Give me the ability to discern the people you have placed in my life. Give me the ability to identify them. May the grace of the sons of Issachar be upon me to discern in every season who's meant to be there. Let me be able to see their fruit because some of us have in the past entered relationships without identifying the fruit of their character. Whether they're worthy of your trust. But in 23, we are moving with wisdom. And God has given us the ability to discern. So just begin to ask the Lord, give me discernment, God. Yes, God, give us a discernment to identify the people you have placed in our lives, the leaders you have placed in our lives, the spaces you have placed in our lives that are safe for us to be naked and unashamed, to be broken, Lord God. Hallelujah. Lord, give us the discernment. May that grace that was upon the sons of Issachar be upon us, Lord, so we can identify the times and the seasons and the people you have set in those times and seasons. Hallelujah. Yeah, God, give us wisdom to identify the fruit, Lord God, of the individuals, Lord Give us discernment, give us understanding, give us insight in the name of Jesus. Yeah, God. Yeah, Holy Spirit. Yeah. And I feel this so strong in my spirit. And it may not be A and T, but some of us need to be planted. Planted in God's house so we can flourish. Planted, planted. Planted. Consistent in the house of God. Being present in the house of God. Consistent. Not sometimes, not when we feel like it, but consistently in his house. Because there is a blessing, there is a flourishing. That's what the word of God says. And so it may not be A&T, I reiterate. It may be another house, but I want to encourage you to take this area of your life seriously when it comes to your spiritual growth. I shared on Friday that faith in God is the launch pad into your greater years. Faith in God is the launch pad, but we don't grow spiritually alone we grow in community as well the bible says in acts chapter 2 it says that they multiplied but they had all things in common diani all things in common and so right now i just want to pray over anyone right now that has been feeling last year was an inconsistent year when it came to plugging into community and lord i just want to pray give them the grace to do and will according to your good pleasure Give them the grace to be consistent. Give them the grace to be present. Give them the grace, Lord God, to be rooted. Lord, I even pray, Lord God, that you will just pour out your love into your children right now. And that you will give them a level of peace, Lord God, when it comes to your house, oh God. 
for some of you, it may be scary entering the house of God on a consistent level and making a commitment. But in the name of Jesus, I ask, may you have a revelation of the width, the depth, the length of his love so you can comprehend with all of the saints his deep love for you. Hallelujah. May you be filled with the fullness of God so that you can engage not only him, but the people he has set in the name of Jesus. There isn't a perfect people, but there are healthy people. There isn't a perfect people, but there's a healthy people. It takes time. But if you walk with the Lord and you lean into his wisdom, you'll see the manifestation of it in your life. And so God, we offer up this area. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.